This movie um, just hits you right over the head with good vibes from the very start. You get a you get that opening credit oh sequence gosh. of just the waves crashing to that awesome, uh-huh. um, just kind of breezy like xylophone uh, music. It sounds like right. something at like a, from like a Sims menu or something. <laughs> yeah, you really feel like you're in the waiting room of like a, I don't know, like a circus loading on your screen. Uh huh. But in a good way. A roller one one might venture to say a roller tycoon ass look feeling joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, boy. Are you in for a uh, a roller coaster ride of gags uh, once this movie begins? Oh my gosh! <laughs> and uh, Monsieur Hulot is the tycoon of gags. It's like he's selling that at an extremely high rate. Um, one of the interesting things about this film is uh, how much buildup we even get to the introduction of Monsieur Hulot. Um, he he's not a character that had already existed, but there's all this buildup as if um, it's like. It's like Orson Welles in The Third Man, or like um, like Poochie in like the Poochie episode of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like every t- every time he's not on screen, you find I found myself going like, "All right, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And where's he, our guy? <laughs> where's our boy?" Um, he drives a little jalopy, which 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 gave me pause and uh, led to me led me to wonder if he was maybe the first jalopy boy. If maybe we find uh, the uh, you know the seeds of what Ron Howard is doing in Grand Theft Auto um, in this mm. movie. Mr. Hulone is a little cross country sh- shitty little car. Mm-hmm. It is a remarkably shitty little car. Did they have those? I find myself so lost when considering anything that happened before 2000. Um, so I shit all the time on people who use mm-hmm. like entertainment as therapy and um, just the whole, uh, the whole, all the grift of like self care and like wellness culture. But didn't you find that mm-hmm. uh, this movie and the other um, Tati movies that we've watched already um, in preparation for the series, did you not find that it's just such a nice um, look back on like a simpler time? Doesn't that, like, aren't it these is. just great vibes? <laughs> um, I, life has never felt more like a Don DeLillo novel. Um, it's December 25th, 2017. Uh, you know, it's, it, hey. it's an interesting time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, he does, uh, even though these are places where people are constantly kind of flubbing things and um and faced with a lot of modern and contemporary tools there's still very genteel simplicity to the settings that we find ourselves in Mm -hmm. so far and there's just such a like a a, i don't know like a laid-back quality to all of the gags even in the beginning i mean the movie opens with we we should say the movie's called uh, monsieur hello's holiday it's basically it's actually the inspiration for uh, the classic film Mr. Bean's Holiday, which I'm sure all real heads will have seen. Um, basically follows uh, yes. a series of characters uh, on on holiday and their uh, their sort of misadventures. The opening like ten or so minutes of of the film are all of these huge groups of people like clamoring to get to the beach, um, like cramming themselves into like buses and trains. And there's that amazing gag uh, where he's really using the whole depth of the frame to show them running from like one track to the other and they keep missing the train. <laughs> so, so good. And it's also a classic, and I, I wonder if he invented this gag, the classic inaudible um, uh, uh, loudspeaker gag. You get a great like... Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a classic... <laughs> like Charlie Brown, adult ass. Yeah. Um, no subtitles. Uh-huh. Um, it's A lot of the dialogue yeah, in the film... running. Yeah, a lot of the dialogue in the film is, is mumbled um, and unsubtitled. Uh, it's it's just really kind of asking you to take everything in in the frame. Um, I mm-hmm. I was really impressed with like how he uses um, just 
the full depth of the frame. Like everybody, every actor in the in the frame, no matter how far back they are, seems as if they've really been like kind of like meticulously directed, and like all of their motions are very deliberate to like lead to some gag. Um, mm-hmm. He'll he also- like kind of tear each frame with like people doing something in the foreground, and then just like a ton of shit happening in like the left and right side of that person deep in the background. Mm-hmm. And he never uses close ups, so he really like I don't know everything is shot from like mid length, so you get to see kind of the whole expanse of the frame and whatever people are doing. Um, I don't know. We, yeah, he we... doesn't ask you to to focus on one one place or one person. There are occasional instances where he does, but even in those ones, like think of like the guy cutting the meat when the the door keeps making that sound. Like even then, <laughs> whenever he's drawing your attention to like one small detail like that, there's always something like outside of the frame that's supposed to be like distracting you. That is such a great gag when he's just trying to like slowly cut that meat and the door keeps going like he's cutting all these wildly cutting these slices in different thicknesses. Um, you ever been on a uh, a sleeper train like a like a train with uh, like beds Hell and such? Hell no! On it? No, no, I've always kind of wanted to. No, no, always wanted to though. Frick! If only they had them like between New York and Philadelphia, so you could uh, take a thirty minute nap. Ah, uh, yes. Um, and as all of these various people are cramming onto like boats and trains and planes uh, and such to uh, try to get to vacation, we have Monsieur Hulot. We don't quite know it's him yet but you know coming into this film knowing uh, i mean i i we we could infer uh people with prior knowledge of jacques tati and his work could infer that this is uh monsieur hello driving in this uh shitty little jalopy and it's great intercutting between like this this mad dash to the beach and then like hulo just constantly like breaking down and like fucking up and like not getting anywhere it's a little like in um the people grapes of racing wrath. past him yeah it's a little bit like the grapes of wrath when the the jodes are their their progress like every other chapter is this like turtle kind of crawling alongside the same path don't know if that was intentional probably not i think it's a real leap uh visually from his uh his debut film the big day just some real wild compositions in this the big day which famously we will be recording next week yeah, yeah, we'll be uh that that'll be our second episode. We wanted to open with one of these uh more heavy hitter type episodes. If you've seen a Tati film, it's um possibly, I mean it's in all likelihood this one if not uh his later film Playtime. While Playtime is kind of seen as his masterpiece, I feel like this one is the most uh widely seen. You think? I think probably, yeah. I mean it's I think it has more like direct influence on things. I mean, uh you know, your Mr. Bean's holidays and stuff and and such. Mm. And it's also Mr. Bean is like if uh, if the guy if Jacques Tati did like twenty five I. Have you seen that, Mr. Bean? Was like, who? What is the most strange and disgusting <laughs> way I can portray this? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, have you seen that? There's some sort of like Mr. Bean um, like lookalike that's being like. I think he's being. I don't want to like. I don't want to like pay credence to like propaganda or something. But it sounds like he's being like sort of like held in quarantine in China, and they're making him do like ads. <laughs> Just have a picture of him. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But look up like Mr. Bean look oh, like China. Yeah. He's like. Uh, he looks like he's uh, South Asian, maybe. But he does kind of or... look like Mr. Bean, right? There's a there's multiple lookalikes. There's a, Lon- a London one. Ew. Eey. I don't I don't like any. I don't I have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't, th- don't look that up. 
<laughs> the movie's so funny from the start because I think there's already like such a good gag in like how hard these people are working to relax, you know? That there's this whole there's all this like stress and agita over like going on vacation, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. Uh, these people like stepping on each other and shit. Incredible setup because everything about everything that these people are doing has no no goal in the like, I don't know, modern day business sense, but they're using all of the like motions and tools and and conceits that you would bring to like getting to work or or being late to like a meeting or something. Like the idea that everyone's rushing to like catch the bus in order to like go relax later is just such a hilarious conceit that um, colors the whole movie as like overall fucking ridiculous, even though it's something that definitely happens. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dressing the hell out about like not packing sunscreen or Uh something. I mean, every time we would go to the beach as like a family with like my grandparents and like um, my my mom's sister and her family, like always uh, the worst fights we would have right here is over bullshit. Like, oh, yeah. absolute nightmare um, is Christmas. Not that like holidays are the time when people fucking kill themselves the most. Is that uh, not uh, something seems funky? Hmm. I think Monsieur <laughs> Hello gets a little bit at the heart of uh, why people might might uh, tie the old Christmas noose. Yeah. And. And throughout um, all of the sort of like vacation festivities we see, there's such like a, a rigor to everything. Everything seems to be operating on this like very strict schedule. There's nothing at all relaxing yes. about it, and it's why like Hulot is such a is such a fish out of water for for lack of a better word um, amongst all of these <laughs> kind of like uptight vacationers. He arrives, and they're immediately repulsed by him. It becomes kind of a slobs versus snobs comedy. Um, there's a great gag when he arrives to like the uh, the lobby of the hotel and he opens the door and like, this crazy wind comes like sweeping in every time he opens the door and he keeps leaving it open. <laughs> um, uh huh. And you just feel these he, great reactions. I feel like nobody nobody actively dislikes him, but his actions just cause every single person to like turn their nose up and be like, "What the fuck are you thinking, man?" Uh huh. And I like that it's not. A movie where this character comes in and he's like he's not like a manic pixie dream guy like he doesn't he doesn't show up and like make all of these like uptight people less uptight he doesn't like help these people like enjoy their vacation more like he's just an agent of chaos who's existing right. separately and when they happen to cross paths they're annoyed by him <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's not he doesn't have the uh, that amelia bedelia right quality. yeah <laughs> right he's like amelia bedelia if uh the family just like pretend that the family hired another maid and just pretended Amelia Bedelia didn't exist. And like every now and then had to deal with the fact that like the turkey was wearing. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. right. Which is, which is much closer <laughs> to the reality. What would really like, happen? Oh, someone who doesn't exist cleans our house. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Um, like your house gets cleaned. It is not cleaned by a human being. Yeah, he. Um, I, I, I like that. Yeah, only like a couple of the kids seem to like acknowledge him in any like positive way. Otherwise, everyone else seems to mostly just try to pretend he's not there uh, to the best they're able, despite the fact that he's constantly like bumping into stuff. On the subject of like yeah. the mumbling, like when he first introduces himself, he like mumbles his name. Love the hubris there. Just that like you're gonna remember this character even if he's introduced, <laughs> even if he doesn't have like a Bond James Bond sort of moment, you know. The fact that he mumbles uh-huh. Hulo with yeah. his pipe in his mouth. Right, and like gets asked to spell it out as if like someone who weren't in the movie is like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> uh-huh. 
Uh, and yeah, immediately he's he's got that long ass. I don't know if that's some sort of like spear or something that he's like carrying around. Uh, he's like poking people with that. <laughs> he's doing all sorts of like, hey, is that mustard on your shirt? And like flicking people in the nose. Uh-huh. uh-huh. That I feel like that bit did get like slightly tired. Him holding shit behind under his arm and then like uh, knocking shit over in the background. It happened like one too many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say. I, and we've already watched uh, his debut film, The Big Day, though we haven't recorded our episode on it. I, I feel like that movie got like more and more chaotic and the gags got like bigger and bigger as it went on. I feel like I feel like Holiday loses a little steam uh, before getting to like its climax, which is incredible. Um, and I feel like there are a few of those gags that are maybe like, I don't know, played a little too long. But I like once we're out on the beach, just the sheer number of of like gags and bits we get going on. It's like an episode of real rap. I mean, it's just like an mm-hmm. all you can eat buffet of bits and hot oh. takes. There's the kid. Uh-huh. Uh, there's the kid burning the right. tent with the magnifying so- glass. <laughs> <laughs> and then burning the guy's belly. And the guy oh, yeah. is like asleep and just swatting at it like it's a fly or something. He doesn't know what's going on. Were you a fan of lighting shit on fire with a magnifying glass? No, I never. I I only ever did it in high school when you had a magnifying glass. And I've tried to explain to people before that, like, no, really, we lit a ball with a magnifying glass one time, and no one ever, no one has ever believed that. Um, do you remember doing it's that? Pretty believable. Yeah, I was the king. I loved the magnifying glass. Uh-huh. Yeah, because no, I'm I... a big fan of kind of uh, uh, at home cha- micro chaos. Uh huh. Like your your sort of your your pranks, your your fake vomit, your sort of little bastard, little, little stinker sort of gag kit, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then getting in like small trick, huge trouble uh-huh. would be kind of <laughs> big trouble in little days. China. Uh huh. Yeah, like flushing a donut down the toilet. <laughs> <I> like <laughs> just Bart Simpson ass antics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, how would you, Bennett, personally, how would you describe Monsieur Hulot as a, as a character? He's very, he's well-meaning, but, like, he really, um, he's sort of absent-minded. Um, he doesn't really think about whether or not he's, like, bumping into other people or, like, inconveniencing other people at all. He's kind of, like, in his own world. He's got a great uh-huh. look. He's got, like, a sort of, like, bucket hat with, like, one half flipped up, and he smokes, like, a really long pipe. He's really tall yes. uh, and sort of pointy. He really, uh, he, he kind of walks like a duck or something. Like, um, Yeah, he's got a weird walk. Takes up like a lot of space. And like, again, he's not like, uh, I don't know, he's not trying to like so disarray or like get in these people's way. He's just sort of, he's uh, just sort of, you know, doing his own thing. He's chaotic yes. neutral, if you will. He seems to want to go along with what he's supposed to be doing and want to enjoy things the right way, but is so like hopelessly curious that he can't help but like get his get into trouble mm-hmm. because he doesn't know exactly how to like behave. Right, right. He's very. I mean, he's he's very. Um, it, 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 the Slavs versus snobs comparison is kind of apt. I mean, he's not apt. Jesus Christ, it's it's a very apt comparison. Um, he's not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, sl- he's not a slob. He just doesn't know how to act like a snob. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he's not like sloppy. He's not like he's not like eating a big right. like fucking hoagie or like putting his bare feet on the table or anything like that. But at one point, he's like <laughs> listening to music really loud, and he's sort of right. I don't know. He 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 doesn't really like think twice about what people are gonna think, and that's kind of what I like about him. You know, he's uh 
He's a guy who he's a he's a he's a self uh, he's a self made man who's self interested. Uh huh. <laughs> he's he's a real American, despite the fact that he's French. You know. That's right. And there are kind of other characters that we get glimpses of throughout the film. There's um, there's a, like, an attractive young woman who's traveling by herself that's constantly getting like ogled by different like groups of men. They keep sort of like showing their ass by looking at her ass, so to speak. There's like in the beginning when she's walking into the hotel and those two guys like run into each other because uh, they're looking at uh-huh. her. Um, there's this like old blowhard who's constantly talking about the war. You get sort of a few <laughs> kind of like groups of people that we check in on again and again. Um, there's uh-huh. an ice cream stand, and I totally forgot that the French word for ice cream is glace. Uh, love to see that. Love to seeing glaces on a big sign. Uh, and glaces uh, pasted yeah. all over. I'm a bond glace. Gl- <laughs> yeah, I was really, really just peachy. What seeing that every time it happened? Uh huh. Because that guy's like our P character too, and it seems like he's not doing like great business because they're always eating at these like huge elaborate meals that are like scheduled. Because uh, we get those shots a few times. Everybody kind of like gathered at a meal, um, going through that annoying door, and then the beach is empty, and the glaces guy is just out there, a little like me, you know, a lone glaze. He seems to do well with the kids. He's also got a lone glaze. A lone glaze. He's also got that saltwater taffy that he's always pulling, and at one point the taffy falls in the sand. <laughs> oh, 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 the taffy bit is so. It's kind of like he's touching on something that modern day YouTube slime heads have have really cornered the market on, which is the human fascination with like stretchy, weird, uh-huh. long, kind of mushy things. The way that the taffy moves on the hook is so both disgusting and beautiful and it's, makes me want to eat like just nasty candy and monsieur hulot's fascination with it and his like f- his very innocent fear that it's going to touch the ground is very uh for lack of a better word human yeah. like just being being an adult that's worried that this like big hunk of candy is going to get ruined mm-hmm. yeah no that hit close to me uh, home for me as well it's not something he has to worry about at all but like can't help but like uh ah uh, oh oh ah uh-huh. and he is kind of childlike in that sense he's not he's not like he's not like simple uh, or like, uh, but he's like a little bit of like an innocent, and he he seems to be, uh, yeah, concerned with that sort of thing. That like your average person, these other people who are on vacation who are just trying to like by hook or by crook relax, aren't thinking of. Um, thought the same thing. Found the taffy <laughs> pulling just so so satisfying. I watched like one of those like goop pulling videos on Snapchat, and now it's all they recommend is just countless Ooh. videos of like people like stepping in shit. Or like cutting soap. Have you seen that? Like people cutting yeah, soap they like is like criss-cross a criss-cross it. Uh, I don't know. I, I like it was something I wanted to watch once, and now they assume that this is all I do is watch just sort of people <laughs> fucking like step on grapes. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the it's it, the taffy thing is something like you. It's like being on vacation, and like literally the only worry you have is like what flavor of ice cream you want. Uh-huh. I think. The taffy points to like we all have nothing to do, and what where does like our weird, curious alien kind of brain 
venture to or like what what becomes our biggest worry and i think for hulot it's different than the rest of the the group which like the rest of the group kind of wants to be on time uh wants to like have the right gear for the right situation wants to like check out the hot lady um but hulot keeps like getting himself into like too cur- curious of a situation and he's got like a different kind of idea of like what vacation is but i think that it's interesting that we see people getting worked up like we did at the beginning because they are on vacation it's like what are you supposed to do and it seems like most of the people still act like they're in like the regular world even though Uh there's like the whole conceit is like you don't have to do anything you don't even have to enjoy yourself Uh but like everyone's moving and talking like they like there's something pending Uh uh-huh right right Uh, yeah everyone's acting like they're still like punching the clock uh before they do all this (laughs) shit um, yeah, uh, I, I love Pula listening to like that hot jazz uh, and just like upsetting everybody in the building. Um, <laughs> there's the bit where he's like drinking with those dudes out in like some sort of shed looking thing. Uh-huh. Uh, he get, like kicked out of the hotel or what? There's there's more um, just kind of like antics from our boy. There's a really long, almost like Seinfeldian or like Curb Your Enthusiasm Ian gag where he like is in a boat that like splits in half uh, and is like mistaken for a shark. <laughs> and that's like spread out over like 10 minutes. Yeah. Like you see like, like the dominoes kind of like gradually falling and it's exactly like, uh, like the, the sort of gag that would wrap up like an episode of Seinfeld, you know, like just uh-huh. the satisfaction of watching all of these, these things that you've, you've seen fall into place come together. Uh, oh yeah. He, uh, that's a good point. He like is, he, the, um, the, him getting into the, he the shark bit starts out with him getting into a little boat which he just sits in and starts painting because it looked like somebody else was painting it before and something about that is so it seems like the right thing to do on vacation in that like you just do something because it looks like it needs doing and it has no it has no like personal relationship to him it's not his boat he just like gets in and starts painting this boat and then that's the boat that he eventually ends up (laughs) splitting in half in the middle of the shore and then like getting trapped inside but there's something about like him painting a random boat that gave me the feeling that like this whole little community was like all in it together or it was a very grounding kind of act in that like yeah there's really nothing going on and anything you do is fine and there's no reason to worry about anything even if people are getting upset right right it, it reflected his just sort of like well might as well do this sort of attitude his kind of uh, <laughs> it's just like total very pure idiotic curiosity with like any task uh-huh so it's 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 a lot of just sort of like good-natured whimsy there's at least one dick joke in this movie i noticed um, there's like two kind of like okay. local youths and they're like bumming cigs to that, the hot lady who's, who's vacationing alone. And one of them asks a king size. And then the other says, oh, perhaps you prefer mine. Uh, has to be, has to be, uh, a little, a, 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 a sort of cheeky little zinger that he, he's a stuck little in there. Not. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's not uh, afraid. It reminded me of in, in Shrek when he says, I have to save my ass. And, you know, he's really talking about his donkey. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what I just realized? What? Arse 
is like just uh it's they it it is the same word because they say ass like ass but they're just spelling it like it would be said yeah same word that's fucking i how did it take me so long you learn something new every day and arse is like us, like is we're it's it's as if we're taking their ass up on. Because if they were to, why I don't know why they wouldn't just spell it ass though. Because because they don't have that uh that you just don't spell things like that there because they don't have that a ah, a noise. Now we invented that. We did invent that. Um, there's some good, like, ping-pong nonsense in this movie. Hulo, like, playing ping-pong really emphatically through, like, the lobby of the hotel. <laughs> uh, he plays ping-pong, so, like, in in the way that you play ping-pong, like, during Thanksgiving, and everyone is getting a little peeved with how you're playing it. Uh-huh. No rules. No rules when Hulo's on holiday. Basement they- <laughs> rules. Oh, God. <laughs> basement rules no shoes when you're when your older cousin uh called martial law and changed the rules of ping pong midway through your game there's so many instances where like these like bourgeois assholes on vacation like almost come to blows like almost start fighting one another (laughs) like when um I, i just i have that in my notes i can't remember specifically there's the bit where Hulo is like rocking forward in a chair and keeps like bumping into that guy and he's getting so visibly annoyed. Um... <laughs> it reminds me of one time I was at the Jersey Shore and my boogie board got stuck behind this dad and his son and like the waves kept pushing me into him and I could not for the life of me get away from this and I like kept bumping into the guy and I was like so like distressed and he was like, can you fucking leave me alone? <laughs> And I, I was just like, ah, it was like maybe the first instance of like a grown, strange adult just getting so pissed at me. Uh huh. Very, very disturbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate the beach, honestly. Like the the whole, I I feel like me being at the beach. Period. I feel like these these bourgeois French assholes dealing with Monsieur Hollo. Do you know what I mean? Like when I'm when I'm unlucky enough to be at the beach every single individual to me might as well be uh, a less funny let's hear hello i hate the beach hate everything about it the the beach has a strange politics which hugh low points out there's like a whole garb that you have to wear like getting changed is it is a entire thing sitting in a chair having a book being the book guy on the beach going into the water or not mm-hmm uh being the boat guy that's on the beach being the beach expert like the guy who handles the uh the guy that gets other people in trouble like the boat guy uh-huh. uh being the tanning guy being the shit kid kicking sand up uh-huh. we all kind of fall into this like hierarchy once mm-hmm. once we're on sand right there's always your metal detector guy mhm um, mm-hmm. your guy with a guitar sun hat your people who yep, decided yep. Uh, the whole beach has to be a part of their volleyball game, um, like shit like that. Yep. The, the, my 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 disdain for that sort of thing, like people who are too emphatically into beach games that take up a lot of space, is something I really inherited. I think from my grandfather. Uh-huh. Like when we used to go to the beach, he would just constantly complain about anybody who was doing anything other than like sitting in a chair. 
<laughs> and maybe lying in a towel, maybe. Like that's the, the beach is for two things. Um, I don't know. I very much. Yeah, I, I feel very much the same way. Man, this Nehru jacket has got me sweating. It is hot in here. There's a bit where he gets like a, a fox fur stuck to his foot, like a piece of toilet paper, which is pretty good. Uh huh. And it reminded me of a story that my my ex girlfriend's dad told me. She lived in the the Hudson Valley around this um this like this huge like resort hotel. It was like one of the inspirations for The Shining. It's this insane like mountain lodge sort of thing called Mohonk. And uh, her dad had gone mm-hmm. there when he was a kid. And it was, like, really, like, snowy and, like, awful and, like, cars were, like, skidding. And he said they stopped behind this car that was, like, stalled out because um, it had gone into some sort of, like, pothole or something. that The tire wasn't getting enough traction. And he said he saw a woman take off a mink stole she was wearing <laughs> and put it under the tire <laughs> to give it more traction. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Big if true. Maybe maybe made up, but a very funny idea. <laughs> Huge uh, reminded me of that. True. Reminded me of that when he's tracking around the fox fur on his foot. There's a guy who looks like me at one That's... point. <laughs> you were saying uh, just around like 30 minutes, you see a guy wearing like glasses with like hair very similar to mine. But uh, was it the guy that reads all the time? Um, yeah, I think you see him reading a bit. Yeah, yeah, he's the uh, he's kind of the the guy that keeps talking to the uh, to the hot girl about praxis and about like communism. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, "All right." He's talking okay. to her about like, do you, so. Do you think posting is praxis? <laughs> <laughs> and he just like uh, keeps spinning his wheels as if anyone cares what he's talking about, and just burying his nose in the book. It's kind of a pure view of the like. I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of filmmakers, especially French filmmakers, just despise anyone that seems to think that they have like uh, intellectual understanding of anything, and uh, it seems like. Uh, Jacques Tati is sympathetic to that character and his uh, his very strange world is uh-huh. like kind of insulated world of like burying his nose on in a book while on the beach. Yeah, I mean, as much as as much as this is kind of a slobs versus snob movie, uh, snobs versus snobs movie, and as much as there is some sort of um, like class commentary, I think, and it's it's depiction of these sort of um, I don't know angry uh, bourgeois French vacationers. It's it's good natured enough that he doesn't seem to be like grinding an axe, but any of these people, do you know what I mean? It's it's all just seems to be in the spirit of like yeah. capturing a full kind of uh, picture of of what a French resort might look like. Yeah, I think he by bringing everybody to the beach and like literally taking their clothes off, that everyone is kind of on the same playing field. Like no one can can really assert their like class dominance over each other or like everyone's just leveled to a point where like i think it's illustrated when they're all going on like a little day trip and they all just get into like random cars and everyone just is like okay you go in this car you go in this car there is actually the one point where the guy who used to be a general in the army is like directing everybody and that's not like because he Mm -hmm. is he used to be a military officer it's just like who he is by nature and so like people end up organizing themselves by like just who they are and not like where they fall in, in terms of their like, I don't know, class. Like the, uh, the, the one American lady just like being the tennis, (laughs) this, the very happy tennis referee, 
Uh, that's just like seems to be who she is. Right. It's just like her bit. Like she got to the beach and that's like this role that she plays. Yeah. And that's very much <laughs> that's very much. I mean, it, it's very true to like, um, I, I don't know, like like we were just talking about, like when you're on the beach, there is everybody seems to have adopted like, oh, I'm going to be the uh, I'm going to be the guy who's wearing like zinc oxide on his nose today. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to be the, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to yeah. I'm going to be the guy that's like walking down the beach with like a ukulele or some or some shit. Um, it's, it's and like, it's like Hulot they've read kind about of this doesn't know. Yeah, it's as if Hulot doesn't know which one he is, so he's trying to just just be in this situation, and he's like good at some things, not great at others, like super good at tennis, just for com- no reason, but not good at like uh sw- like being like falling in line at the beach or like not good at sitting down at dinner. He can't really like pick a role. And I think his inability to like fall in line kind of makes him a nuisance for everybody because they can't like adapt to who he is. Because if he was like a shit kid, it would make sense that he's uh, like listening to music loudly like that other kid does at one point. But since he's like an adult, people just kind of like cock their head and they're like, "Uh, what are you doing? Uh, Like, so uh, the movie ends with, uh, a really great kind of like fireworks gag. It's kind of the ultimate example of um, Hulo just kind of like upsetting everybody's peace and quiet. Um, uh-huh. I, I like that it's too, it's like the one instance, like so often throughout the movie. Well, I like that there's the juxtaposition from like the opening of everyone like scrambling, getting to like the vacation, everyone making like as much noise as possible to then there are several scenes of them um, ex- insisting on like complete silence um and and Hulo just kind of upsetting <laughs> that at every turn and that that ending scene with the fireworks yeah. which is just a perfect like chain reaction uh just so much just firework after firework after firework going off like honestly my worst nightmare like your 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 textbook like worst case scenario like what what could happen with all of these fireworks going off like it's a wonder Hulo doesn't lose like a limb um i must uh-huh, have honestly uh-huh. been a somewhat dangerous scene to shoot i would think um with like all of these he's like, actually handling live he's actually fireworks. handling all of the fireworks seems like certain certain rooms are like actually on fire i don't know how they like it must be actual fireworks because there's like lights and smoke when they when like a firework goes into a room it lights up but then it's also accompanied by like smoke exiting the room and not in like a fog machine way mm-hmm. um but it's funny by at that point everybody is pretty actually seems actually kind of relaxed to the point where they're all basically asleep and uh all these fireworks go up and they all come downstairs and no one's exactly pissed like some people start like partying this one kid thinks like it's actually just like party time my one of my favorite scenes is like the guy coming out of his bedroom to like see what's going on and like putting on his party hat before he goes out because he hears that there's like music happening but it's like four in the morning yeah, I don't know. In, in general, I, I love the whole idea of people needing to put on like a separate costume to like relax, which I guess is <laughs> it's, it's it's inherent to like going to the beach. And yeah, I mean, I liked your I liked your idea of that. It is like in a very literal sense, everybody's sort of like stripped down. It is kind of like seeing everyone in their underwear. Um, I think that like singlet bathing suits for men should really make a comeback. Um, Absolutely, it's a nice like less embarrassing version of having to wear like a board shirt while I'm swimming laps. You know. Yeah, but it kind of borders on the uh, what was that thing the the romp him? Uh, it's a little like a romp him. Yeah, 
Um, I don't know. I feel like if you're wearing a romp him on the beach, it's maybe... Yeah, I guess. It's one of those things, like, remember there's that episode of Mad Men where they're, like, having the discussion about, like, uh, uh, a two-piece bathing suit versus a bikini, you know? Like a... Like a... <laughs> there's, like, a two-piece, which is, like, a bathing suit, and then there's a bikini, which is, like, underwear you can wear to the beach. I feel like, yeah, where do we draw the line? Like, when is it a romper versus just a singlet male bathing suit? I don't know. I don't know. There, there would be some right, uh, some right. intense, like, branding exercises that would have to go into... Uh, you know, making a making a singlet acceptable after the fucking Rob him. Oh, God. Uh, 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 what is it? How does this end? Basically, it ends kind of with just I think like everybody kind of going back to normal. I like that this is. Um, I love movies that begin with people like arriving at places. Uh, we've talked about before, like Kelly Reichardt's films do that a lot. Your classic like city symphonies always do that. You know, movies that start with kind of like the city waking up and then end with the city going to bed. I like that these movies. At least the the couple Tatif movies that I've seen seem to be sort of like extended city symphonies. Um, you know, they capture a place over like yeah. a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. It kind of allows everybody to settle into their like role, and even we understand like we can kind of move to like the more excessive bits. Like the fireworks scene can only happen once we know like how everyone acts and how everyone gets upset. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really enjoy that at the um, at the end, everyone just just kind of happily saying goodbye to Hugh Lowe, and they all seem to like just be pretty pleased about like him being there. No one actually seems to dislike him or dislike each other. They're like, "I can't wait to see you again next year." Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's it's almost disingenuous because the whole time we see like they are on vacation, but it it isn't. It's uh-huh. never relaxing. There's a lot it's... going on at all times that's like, you want to do this again? What's crazy is they end their summer vacation by basically telling everyone hags, you know? It's like they're all like signing each other's yearbook at the end. Saying, right. like, yeah. have a great summer. Like, oh, can't wait to see you again. It's very much, there's, it's almost like that one guy is like giving like Hulo's like address and stuff. It feels almost like the end of like the breakfast club when they're like realizing like, oh, you know, uh, this was great and all. And I guess we're like closer, but like, it's, I guess it's not like we're really friends. <laughs> Right, it's like the nature of it ending puts them all in this like different mood that they haven't had the rest of the time. Like, there's no reason they should be, that the guy that walks behind his wife all the time gives him his address. They haven't talked at all, but something about the nature of it being like the end and we're all leaving now makes them like happy and jovial in a way that we haven't seen them before. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I feel like that feeling defines the way we think about vacation but what vacation actually is has nothing to do with that feeling or nothing to do with our conception of it there's no way in which the complications of our lives leave leave us when we do recreation right uh it's a classic like i need a vacation for my vacation sort of a thing no, I like at the end, it, it seems like they're all they're like immediately having like uh oh, didn't realize how good we had it sort of a thing, you know? Like they've they've done nothing but like grumble <laughs> yeah, yeah. and complain throughout the whole vacation, but uh Uh-huh. And I, I think uh I think Tati points out like you can't or uh, there's a vi- like our definition of relaxation is so far from maybe actually finding it. But like I think with this and with playtime and with Jure de Fete we see that like we're totally uh we're we're like so beholden to our weird roles and our tools that like when we are put in a context where they don't really work out like having a briefcase when you're at the beach it all points out how strange the briefcase is uh-huh. or like when you have a 
I don't know, like a full suit on when you're going when you're walking into a hotel where where it's like hot weather. It's like, why the fuck am I doing this again? Well, he he points out that just kind of the absurdity of like performing vacation and performing like relaxation and all this stuff. (laughs) I think it points to his training as like a mind, as being someone who was constantly thinking about how to like what represents something. Like, how do I how do I signify something with like motions and how do I point out kind of like the absurdity of everything included within? Like, I think his kind of breakout thing, he would kind of pantomime without props doing a bunch of sports. So like performing, you know. Tennis, mm, etc. Mm. Um, so I think yeah. his movies seem to have really—they seem to really tap into um, the the pantomime, the uh, the 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 motions, the going through the motions of you know relaxing, uh, going on vacation, uh, being being the towel guy. How to sh- how to how to how to show or like how to how to make the towel guy be known as the towel guy within the shortest amount mm-hmm. of time with just the fewest like yeah with with the fewest little like motions yeah. and gestures mm-hmm. how to how, what mm-hmm. it, what is it to be a wife guy you know what is the essence of a wife <laughs> guy <laughs> uh-huh. there's one throwaway moment that kind of like breaks your little noggin open like an egg when, and kind of gets you to think in a different way when Everyone's doing that weird French version of yoga on the beach at the beginning, and oh. they're just standing in a weird squat for a while. And he has that extended shot of that like German-looking lady just squatting. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that just made vacation look like work. Yeah, like seeing someone—it's—it's it's probably what seeing someone jogging for the first time was like. Was like, what the. F- Fuck, uh-huh. have you convinced yourself of that uh-huh. this is the normal day to day? Well, that's that's one of the ultimate uh, quotes from my grandpa, too, when we were like, I think it, it was like he and my dad were like driving to go pick up coffee or something. When we were at the beach and there were people jogging and he literally said, what the hell are these assholes trying to prove? <laughs> <laughs> Such a grandpa thing. Uh, just being disdainful of like exercise. <laughs> What the fuck are these jackasses <laughs> trying to tell me? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, I, I, I quite like this movie. Just a, a good time. It's the sort of thing I could see myself putting on a lot because it's a very like relaxing. I mean, we talked a little bit about it kind of welcoming you into its um, atmosphere. It's sort of, oh, this is going to sound like a terrible pun because the opening credits are looking at waves, but it kind of like brings you onto its wavelength from the beginning with that music. Um, uh-huh. It, you get uh, waves, then you get a little shipwreck, and then you get like a bunch of people just running around like their heads are cut off. It's um, it's just like a fun movie to like live in, as much as it's um, often like hectic, and as much as like the vacations included within don't seem that relaxing. It is sort of a it's a very pleasant movie. And again, I make fun of people who treat entertainment like a salve, but um, I don't know when we uh, when we live in a Don DeLillo novel, uh, it, it's sort of nice to uh, have like a relaxing. Uh, movie experience every now and well then. you treat you you have you treat uh en- entertainment as a self like uh like uh like uh the asmr of the uh voice of the receptionist in oh yeah i get you yeah okay yeah i have things like that too yeah but it's not like i don't but i don't like tweet about it i don't tweet about like you know my, my <laughs> boss was mean to me today i need to listen to dr Katz. you know like i don't it's not I, I hope i don't i hope i don't quite infantilize myself online to the degree that a lot of people who use entertainment as like selves do mm-hmm. right right mm-hmm. you're not putting uh even though my avatar is a picture of me with a binky 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on the premiere episode of the Jacques Tati series. Uh, next up, we will be watching Jure de Fête, the big day. Ah, Please call in and correct us on our friends' pronunciations at 410-694-7228. You can find our other episodes at splittoothmedia.com, soundcloud.com slash realrep has our older episodes, and patreon.com slash realrep has extra episodes every month. Yes, and uh, while you can find us on every podcatcher, um, Anchor, uh, Spotify, iTunes, um, <laughs> etc., Google Play, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. Uh, if someone goes and searches for the title of a specific movie, uh, if we're rated and we have a lot of subscribers, it's more likely they'll find our discussion of that movie. Maybe they like what we said. Maybe they keep listening. I mean, it's, you know, uh, 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 it really helps us out if you guys rate and subscribe. Hachi machi. Ah, bye-bye. Or should I say, bonjour. <laughs> bah, bonjour. Sponsor hello. Hello, huh? Yeah. Oh god. It would be ciao. <laughs> ciao. <laughs>